0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, day six of fall camp. What's the latest from practice? We'll go live there with Lauren Franklin. The basketball schedule is out. Tim LaCombe is in studio to break down how this year's team stacks up to the schedule. Plus offensive line coach Mike Empey and the receiver who is making waves in practice. Let's go.
1: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your
0: hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Yo, what up? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is August 11th. I'm Jeremy Jordan, alongside Filipino diving coach Jason <laughs> Shepard. <laughs> if you haven't seen that video you, of Jason's guys, you.
1: Wow! You really need to go and see this video. If
0: you're having a bad day, I think this will <laughs> lift your spirits. I think it really will. as
1: as the as the diving coach, um, I just uh,
0: you have some work to do, man.
1: I well, here's the thing: um, you can tell them how to do things, but you can't actually go out and do it for them. they're, you know?
0: ra- they're, they're just a little raw. Uh, need a little bit of coaching. I feel like I was, you know, Spencer and I, Spencer and I were kind of like those divers um, three years ago with this show. And then now we can at least get our hands in the water the, the, for, the, before our legs.
1: The best part is as you if you've, if you've seen it or if you're going to see it, you can look forward to one of the diver's feet hitting the pool. But at that point, then him
0: going <laughs> raising in, his yeah, hands in the water.
1: It's, it's too late there, pal. Uh, it's too late at that
0: point. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Hey, uh, uh, I've, been, I've been loving the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? It's you has been love awesome. That? Awesome. You are a liar right now. What? You don't like the Olympics? No, it's I just I everybody
1: just I was, gushes and yeah. Ec- you're not a huge fan. I I mean I'll pay attention, but it, it's yeah. People like plan the next two three weeks like they're not doing anything but watching
0: Olympics. Yeah, that's not me. Let me ask you some other questions. Do you love freedom? Do you own a grill? <laughs>
1: let's not let's not get Do into. Do you this.
0: love? Bald I love all bald of it. eagles. I love all of it. Okay, I'm just checking. Nobody's more Someone's American than I questions. am. But you don't like the Olympics. No, it's not that huh? I don't
1: like the Olympics. It's <laughs> just I'll pay attention. and. But, yeah, it's yeah. Not, I'm not, like, glued to it like everybody.
0: Luckily, there's other things if you're like Jason and you're not glued to it, namely BYU football as fall camp continues, which brings us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's day six of fall camp. Media observation just finished. With that, let's go live to the practice. Uh, day number six with Lauren Franklin, who's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Lauren, what did you see in practice today?
2: Hey, gentlemen. It's hard not to watch Jamal Williams. He looks so dialed in right now. He looks strong, quick, focused, and you know that he knows this is his last shot. And on the defense, for me, deepest at the corner position than I've ever than I've seen in years. Four or five guys deep. It looks very similar in makeup to that '96 team, honestly, with Omar Morgan and Tim McTire. So that is one position that Cougar fans should be really excited about this season.
1: Speaking of, of position groups, Lauren, which position do you think has the most questions surrounding it right now?
2: Well, if there's any position that's not solidified right now, it'd probably be the defensive line or the tight ends. The defensive line is really thin right now, with Travis Tuiloma and Logan Taile out with injuries right now. They brought in Sai Chautu and Harvey Longi, getting some reps on the line, and, and of course we know Corbin Kapusi, but... There's definitely a big question mark right now.
0: Speaking of Corbin, uh, Saturday when I was there, he I knew he was a giant, but he told me he's gained 30 pounds. How is he looking?
2: He's definitely looking bigger, but Coach Satake said he needs to get even bigger. He said he's looking fluid. He's moving well for a guy that tall, but he does want him to gain a little bit more weight. Coach Capuzzi said he's so tall that there's not a ton of leverage on the line, and that's kind of his weakness right now. But his length he's, is going to make him so disruptive. As a pass rusher, and that'll probably make up for it. And I was also watching him on special teams, and he just towers over everybody there, and so it makes me excited to watch him as a kick blocker come this season. Absolutely, his brother led
0: the country in uh, blocked kicks last year. Great stuff, Lauren. We appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. That's Larn Frankham from Practice Day Six on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. One staffer told me he thinks Corbin Kafusi could start. I thought he would just be a situational guy, third downs, third down and long, passing situation, bring him in, try and block something.
1: Well, for a guy who hasn't played football in a really long time, besides the mission and then coming, in, coming back from the mission and immediately going to basketball, You know, it's, it's not that you don't think he can do it, but it, it's very difficult to do that. But you're right. I mean, there are a lot of people that are singing his praises and like, you know what? This could really work out.
0: Yeah, it's hard not to look at a guy physically outside of the drills he does. Uh, and and go, wow, that guy's amazing. But you don't know technically how it's going. Yeah, how much more weight does he need to put on and whatnot? Those are questions that Kalani Satake and the staff uh, have to figure out. Continuing the headlines, BYU men's basketball schedule is out. Yesterday, the West Coast Conference schedule came out right after the show and then the entire schedule uh, later. It includes games against USC, Illinois, St. Louis, and Colorado, among others. Both West Coast Conference games against Gonzaga will be in February. BYU hosts the Zags on February 2nd. Little Groundhog Day action and traveled to Spokane on February 25th to end the regular season. The Cougars traveled to Moraga to play St. Mary's on January 5th. And the Gales come to Provo on February 18th. More on the schedule in a moment.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting schedule and a little different than what we've seen from BYU yes. over the last couple of years. The BYU baseball team announced its 2017 schedule yesterday. The Cougars' schedule includes playing in a couple of tournaments. The Georgia Tech tournament, the San Jose tournament, and then a three-game series versus UConn in Provo.
0: It looks good. I think that it's, it's challenging. Um, and, and BYU will have a shot at uh, trying to get into the dance. It was just Again, nice to s-
1: it was nice to see uh, some some schedule day. cat schedule coming out. Schedule
0: day women's basketball came out as well. We'll tell you about that coming up in the Cougar Whipper. In the uh, women's volleyball team is ranked 13th in the country in the preseason ABCA poll. 13th, wow! Cougars made uh, have made it to four straight Sweet 16s, and last year finished ranked number 11. And now the latest from Rio, Cougars in the Olympics. You in the mood now with this music? It's nice. It's very nice. Dancing mood.
1: Taylor Sander and Team USA will take on Brazil tonight at 9.35 p.m. Eastern time in indoor volleyball. Team USA is 0-2 in pool play and needs some wins in their final three matches.
0: Not quite must win, but it's pretty close. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The hoop schedule and how it fits. I think BYU fans are excited about the prospects of the next few years with this group of talented guys on this roster. Six dudes out of high school were in the top 100 uh, in ESPN's recruiting rankings. The future's bright, but listen, the future's overrated. The present is almost everything, and the present is the 2016-17 BYU basketball team with the Lone Peak 3 and company in year number one, and the schedule is out, and that brings us to today's Twitter question. What's your first impression of the BYU basketball schedule?
1: First tweet coming in from uh, Mr. Underscore Flintstone94. A lot of very winnable games, not a lot of big tests. We need to win the games we're favored to win.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think BYU is going to be favored in many of those, and we'll talk about those in a second. But what's your first impression of the BYU basketball schedule? Like I said a minute ago, it's a
1: different schedule than what we've seen. Just looking at the non-conference... You know BYU's not going anywhere for a very long time. You know BYU (laughs) plays a lot of games. You know in Provo, Uh, they they do have the tournaments that they're playing in, uh, whether it be in Las Vegas or the United Center. So, but when you look at the names, the names that are there look like they're impressive teams. But when you actually get down to it, they're not necessarily the highest RPI team. So the non-conference we've seen over the last little while is scheduling really tough non-conference. This seems a little bit less in terms of that. Then it's not a a bad thing. Uh, And I'm actually really curious to ask Tim LaCombe in our next segment kind of what went into this and how much of this is based off of the team you have and, and what you want to see them work on. But, but it's interesting that the non-conference schedule, at least on paper, does not look to be as tough as what we've seen in the past.
0: Yeah, and there's some decent names. Uh, St. Louis has been in the you know, Sweet 16 a couple years ago. Alabama. What? Oh, it's basketball. <laughs> Valparaiso was a team that BYU matched up with in the uh, NIT semifinals. Uh, of course, USC, Colorado, Illinois. And so there's some good names in there. I, my first impression is... Okay, this, this is perfect for this roster. What I mean by that is that BYU is young but very talented. Eric Mika did play, but it's been two years. Nick Emery is the only returning guy in the backcourt that scored more than four points a game last year. Elijah Bryant's going to be a baller. Peyton Dastrup, Yoli Childs is going to be a playa. Kyle Davis, we'll see what LJ Rose contributes. I like this group, and I, I left out a bunch of names. I think this schedule is awesome because there's not a ton of games on, on there where I go, oh, BYU's overmatched. I think that this will be a nice warm-up period for BYU where, yes, they do need to win a lot in non-conference. 13 games. I think they probably need to go like 10-3 and 3 to feel comfortable going into the WCC where they have lost at least four games, an average of five every year um, in, in WCC play. It's where you can get you can get into Vegas, win that quarter, hopefully win the semi and have around 25, 26 wins, and then you're probably going to get in. You're bubblicious, but I think the BYU can warm up um, to this. I see one game east of Provo. It's, it's at uh, the United Center against Illinois. So this young group will have some time to gel together. See, and, and I,
1: what you said, having this schedule match up with this team, I, I agree with you 100%. And I love the way that it plays out heading into conference play Because who are the two teams that we always – as soon as the schedule comes out conference-wise for basketball –
0: Pacific and Santa Clara. Yes, yes,
1: that is exactly where I was thinking. (laughs) No, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. You immediately find out when's BYU playing the Gales, when is BYU playing the Zags. Well, three out of the four matchups in 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 conference play, three of the four are in the month of February. Mm. I love the fact that BYU is going to be able to have ample time for this team, as you mentioned, to gel – and to find its way and, ha- and how, how they're going to work and what works and what doesn't, by the time you get to February, you should be playing really good basketball. And then they have three of the four games against those teams in that month, I think that's really big for BYU.
0: 13 non-conference games, eight of those are at home, several neutral contests, but how many true road games does BYU have? That's today's stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation Stat of the Day. BYU basketball plays zero non-conference road games. So when BYU plays Illinois in the United Center, that's a neutral side game. Even though it's in Illinois, it's road-ish, right? But there are zero games in another team's gym. Remember last year, the games that were uh, challenging for BYU at Utah, at Colorado State. Those are in the home gyms with hostile crowds in December. Fury does not play a single one of those this year. So I think that that is beneficial for this group. Plus, they get to play in NBA arenas. That's just a cool opportunity for these guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and with this team, as as talented as we all know they are, I mean, just just based off of talent alone, we know how good this team can be. But you want to give this team as many opportunities to succeed as possible. And so being able to, to have these games in Provo and not having to travel very far, and as you mentioned, playing in NBA arenas, that's all positive for this team.
0: Yeah, I like it a lot. And you look at some of the tough teams by RPI and how they finished last year. And I, I understand that if a team plays in the NIT, they can probably bump that RPI a little bit, get some wins against quality opponents. St. Mary's is the best team on BYU's schedule, according to RPI. I think Gonzaga... Is going to be the best team on BYU's schedule, but they're third in RPI thirty-seven. Valparaiso ended up at thirty-one. So you look at the other schools: Colorado was a top fifty team, forty-nine. USC sixty-one. Alabama seventy-nine. That's the Alabama or Valpo in Vegas. Weber State sneakily was one thirteen. Illinois one fifty-one. That surprised me a little bit. And St. Louis was two o seven with the losing record, but they have a tradition that's been pretty good the last couple years. So you have some decent names on there. I think I think this is good for BYU. And when it's next year's schedule, now I'm like, okay, I want to see BYU stack up against some of the best teams in the country. I know Utah's coming to Provo. That's one we know for sure. They'll continue to play Utah State, Utah Valley, Weber State, and so so on and so forth. But I like the matchup. Uh, And and in years past, BYU's needed to make their mark, you know, with a couple of wins. Last year was in Hawaii against Northern Iowa and some of those teams. BYU's going to have to do that in Vegas and with these teams in non-conference play. Keep the tweets coming. Is hashtag BYUSN and weigh in on Twitter. Coming up, Mike Campy, the coach in charge of protecting Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum joins us. But first, Tim Lacombe on what it took to make this basketball schedule. Son, my father gave this to me when I made the team, and now it's yours. Oh, no, Dad, I'm not on the team. I just got this
2: at the store. You're so excited. We just bought front row tickets for all of your games.
0: What? They were expensive, but... Anything to support our boy.
2: Support me in what? I'm not on the team. You should know. We paid for the tickets with your college fund.
0: Well, since you're on athletic scholarship now. Gear so legit, they'll think you're on the team. BYU Store.
3: BYU Sports Nation is made possible by a generous grant from Forever Resorts. Forever Resorts owns and operates more than 65 vacation and entertainment properties in or near national parks, recreation areas, and national forests. Forever Resorts, making memories for over 25 years. America's Empress of Soul, Gladys Knight, on stage October 15th at the 2016 BYU Spectacular. She's joined by Peter Hollins and Lexi May Walker with featured BYU performing artists. Reserve your seat now at BYUtickets.com.
1: My grandfather started the company in 1947. My father took over in the mid-70s, and now 10 locations in six states. My grandpa having grown up in Utah, it's a great feeling to be back where it all started. While we've been fortunate enough to expand over the years, every position in our company recognizes their contribution, and people who do business with us are able to see that character that was instilled by my grandfather over 70 years
2: ago. Next time on American Ride. Because of James K. Polk, the United States would spread from sea to shining sea. Polk was a man of manifest destiny for both himself and the country. This attitude fueled American expansion, but with dire repercussions. He was a one-term wonder who got things done. But at what cost? It's our America. Let's take a ride.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Also, tune into the BYU TV Sports Facebook page right around, I don't know, what, one
1: ish Eastern time for the BYU football post-practice interviews on Facebook Live. If you've not been checking these out, they are fantastic. And I, I said this the other day. Facebook Live, they did that thing right. That yeah. is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's good. We, we've we've uh, you know gone away from a couple other mediums. Facebook Live is where it's at for now. You can catch those on demand a little easier this year as well. So uh, follow us on uh, Facebook as well. Facebook.com/slash/byutvSports. The hoop schedule's out. So our Twitter question today: What's your first impression of the BYU basketball schedule? At Ty Scott Johnson, uh, he says weak schedule, but a good one for a young team. Need to win a lot of games go dancing at our greenhouse looks fun we should win close to 30 games wow don't don't set it too high here we go could be a special season with that kind of pressure and comments we now welcome in Tim LaCombe assistant coach for the BYU men's basketball team uh what do you what do you think of those comments you want, you want to win close to 30 games ah, I'd love to I'd love to win them all um,
4: <laughs> and that's what we'd love to do every year but uh I I think that the the thing that coach Rose always talks about is how hard it is to win one game you know I, I've talked about this a million times, but since he's been here, like winning twenty-five is like rolling out of bed, you know. So we've we've created the expectation. But uh, every game on the schedule is a challenge. Every game poses different challenges. You obviously are dealing with a new team, a bunch of guys who are considered to be great players, you know. Uh, but they have a lot of them haven't played here and haven't played together. So we're ex- we're thrilled. We're excited about it, and I love the expectation. I love that people um, really, you know, expect us to be good because we do too.
1: We were talking before we
4: went on air and
1: don't think people realize just how much goes into putting a schedule together. So take us through the process of what it was like putting this schedule together.
4: Well, every schedule, um, you know, basically once we release the schedule for one year, we're starting the next one. Um, So we're already putting things in place for next year and even the year after, trying to put things in. Um, but we, we want to challenge ourselves. We want to try to get the very best teams we can. Uh, one of the biggest issues um, here in, in our deal is not a lot of teams want to come to Provo. Um, you win 90% of your home games. Um, you know, people look at that and go, wow. So we're fortunate, you know, over the years we've been able to get some good games. Um, this year, home-wise, we, we, we got Colorado in a return. Um, and then we play a lot of neutral games, which, you know, neutral games are really good for a couple different reasons. They really kind of help to prepare you um, for playing in a conference tournament because you're playing in a neutral, different building. Mm-hmm. And then if you're fortunate enough to get the NCAA tournament, we're playing in a couple NBA arenas similar that we would play in, in NCAA play. So we're, we've got a challenging schedule. We've got a bunch of young guys, but, man, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, and scheduling here is like, you know, it, it, every every place has got their quirks and difficulties, but this one it's hard to get teams to want to come play us here
0: in Provo. What kind of scheduling criteria do you use? Because I'd imagine you'd look at your roster and say, okay, let's tailor this to maybe who we are and what will ap- appropriately prepare us for a conference play.
4: Really what we try to do, um, we get a couple of reports um, based on a five-year RPI, a team what teams have done over a five-year period. Uh, And now they're even getting to the point now where they're projecting based on teams rosters and they update them all summer long as transfers leave and come and everything. um, They are projecting what RPIs are going to be for the upcoming year. Hmm. So there's a little bit of this that you kind of have to crunch some numbers, try to figure it out. A couple of these games like Coppin State um, and the Coastal Carolina games are part of the MGM main event. So they're, they're part of a tournament. They were assigned to us so we didn't have really any leeway as to pick our opponents same with obviously you go down there we're playing St. Louis in the first round Um, but there's a big part of this thing that we have to really go out and try to find the very best games we can find and then hope that you know we can put them in a order that our guys can be successful but we really are trying to as as best we can challenge ourselves every year.
1: As you mentioned there's there's so many different factors that go into putting a schedule together but as a staff do you guys when when doing these kind of things and talking about teams how much do you look at okay well our goal based off of our goal and our goal is to get to the NCAA tournament you know we need to do this how how much does that stuff factor into it
4: Well we know we have to play you know your RPI has to be strong I mean you have to be you have to play power 5 teams so you know every year we try to to get as many of those because you play those teams and beat them. Every time they play another Power 5 team all year long, you're basically accruing credit. Um, so those games against Power 5 teams are really big. Um, obviously, this year we had that game with Utah in place that fell through, so that's kind of one of the gaps on our schedule. We, that's a really hard game to replace, not only because it's people around here love that game, but Utah's really, really good, and they, ho- they carry a great number. So that game, that game, losing that game this year hurt us um, because really we had in place Colorado, Pac-12 team, Utah, Pac-12 team coming into our place, and so we lost that game, and that one was was kind of tough. But uh, overall, we we all our goal every year is to try to get the very best teams we can, and the numbers you know then hopefully can help us along the
0: way. Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball associate head coach, is on BYU Sports Nation in studio. You talked about those Power Five teams, so those are uh, potentially Alabama, USC, Illinois, Colorado. They yep. pick those up. So that, that's a good little slew right there. Uh, let's talk about the West Coast Conference format. So a little bit of a change this year. Luckily, you're not on the road for four games in a row or anything crazy, right? Yeah. like last year, and there was some drama there. <laughs> uh, but the, fr- <laughs> the first uh, five weeks are a home game and a road game split. What do you think of that nuance this season?
4: Well, we, we've been through a home game, road game, from the Mountain West Conference. The only difference was it was Wednesday, Saturday. Um, a Thursday, Saturday, is it, pr- it provides a real challenge to, you know, get out and be prepared for that first one. But then there's a part about the whole dynamic of traveling from point A to point B, preparing and getting yourself ready to play and then playing the game. Um, but our mindset this year is that, you know, none of these things, but the way we look at it is you have to go play. Everybody has to play everybody in the league. And I think that, you know, if you kind of get caught up on the hows and what's instead of, you know, just what's important, uh, that could probably set you back. So our goal this year, man, we, we, we love the opportunity we have. Um, we love our group and we're excited to go out there and hopefully just, uh, take game one and and do our thing. Um, these kids are special kids. It's a great group. So we're looking forward to the, the challenge of the whole season.
1: I love the way that the conference schedule broke for you guys. And we were talking about this earlier in the program where as soon as it comes out, you immediately, okay, so when's you playing Gonzaga? When's BYU playing St. Mary's? And those four games, three of them are in February. D- do you look at it as a good thing that you get those teams later in the conference season or does it even matter?
4: No, you know, we don't we don't look at it at all. In fact, I, you know, first thing I did was looked at it and like, oh, we opened with Santa Clara, you know, like, you're practically looking as a coach, you're looking at the first crack you get in the league. And so obviously those things, um, you know, there's probably positives to that. But I think if you, in our league particularly, if you look past, like we learned last year, you know, if if you do not take care of the, the, the games like Portland, Santa Clara, Pacific, different games like that, you know, the Gonzaga game, you know, that we went and won up there, it didn't, really equate very well because we didn't take care of the other ones so we just have to to knock these things off just like they stand um but it you know maybe for a young roster and looking from the outside you know maybe that's maybe that is a good thing
0: and there's a new dynamic as well with new coaches at uh let's see portland san francisco uh pacific were those the three i think this year in san francisco did you say San San yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it'll be a lot of fun damon stoudemire terry porter uh and the wcc should be great at this point before the season before you're breaking down film of the first opponent when I, do you uh, have a discussion as a coaching staff about maybe the ebbs and flows of a season and okay what do we think it will take to get into the dance based on who we're playing?
4: No, um I think really all we're focused on right now, you know, we just wrapped up summer. Uh and our guys worked their tails off this summer. Uh, finished this morning with a mile run um that they, they had to hit a certain time, mm. you know. Uh, and they're all really excited because the last workout's done. Um, <laughs> and this summer has been kind of like boot camp. You know, it's been uh, – we, we've made some changes in the way we approach the weight room, the way we approach conditioning. And yeah, I think they're a all strength and conditioning coach. Right, right. You, right. I, you know, and, and the guys really – they came to us and were like, we you know, this has kind of been more of an individual thing. We want to make this strength and conditioning thing a team thing. Um, and so, really, our, our aim right now – is let's get our guys in the very best position we can as coaches to go out there and play as free and as hard and as good as they can play. Um, and if you do that, and you truly do that, then everything else kind of takes care of itself. We've got a talented group. We've got a really deep group. Um, now it's just a matter of getting them all to gel and play together, and, and you know and then the sky's the limit. Who ran the fastest mile? Davin Gwynn. Davin Gwynn. What go. was it? Do you remember? Um, five... Five hundred one. Five hundred one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everybody made it. I um, would need to triple that. <laughs> every <laughs> everybody made it uh, well under seven. I mean, I think the the bigs wow. even ran it under six thirty or so. The bigs ran it under six thirty. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't quote me because I don't have the chart. Got to be yeah. ready for no, that pace.
0: It's it's, Even, it's hey, good
4: Terry Nash if ran a big time mile today did he oh, he yeah. ran it oh he's been in conditioning the whole time
0: what, you, did you run but it not you? no come on <laughs>
4: <laughs> you tell you how bad I am I stopped at the little uh, chevron over there and got a 32 a ounce diet coke of and a, <laughs> course you did and a, and a package of zingers
1: <laughs> just eating well, them as they're running by this is still no no sweating
0: I,
4: I, I actually kept them in the car and just kept making trips over there as they'd <laughs> <laughs> pass me They go get a
0: bite keep does, it up where does keep Tim it keep up. going yeah that's funny well, Tim, uh, enjoy that from Chevron. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for coming in. All right, thank you, guys. Tim Lacombe, associate BYU men's basketball coach. The season gets underway in late October. The season opener is November 11th. Lots of games coming up on BYU TV. Those will be announced at a later date. Our Twitter question, what's your first impression of the BYU basketball schedule at BYU LASF Jazz? Here we go. Looks great, but however, you never know if is going to cancel last minute for safety concerns. No, that's not the school <laughs> that cancels. It's Utah, it's not Gonzaga. (laughs) This is the kind of schedule that gives you too many bad losses to be considered for March Madness at KM Bell 81. Not if you win. Coming up, Mike Empey, offensive line coach. My name is Dr. Joshua Red, and I'm a chiropractic physician at Red River Health and Wellness. We don't want a patient to have to see us for the rest of their lives. We want them to be the expert in their own health. It's really awesome for us to see these patients going from five good days a month to 25 good days a month, and they have a lot more control over their condition than they did before.
2: If you have symptoms such as depression, fatigue, headaches, or an inability to concentrate, you may have low thyroid caused by Hashimoto's disease. Red River Health and Wellness can help with a treatment plan remotely or at any one of our locations. I need a gift for my customers. Maybe a shirt or a hat. It's gotta say BYU, because I'm a fan and so are they. So maybe a stadium chair or a beanie. Even a blanket? Oh, something for the car. Office supplies? Cougar blue nail polish. Yeah.
0: There are many ways to leave an impression. Game Day Promos. Offering items to market and promote business. Licensed promotional product vendor for BYU Sports. Game Day Promos. Beyond sports, beyond expectations.
2: Left turn ahead, 250 feet.
1: Oh, that can't be right.
2: Satellites don't lie. You have reached your destination.
3: Took the shortcut, huh? Have a car wreck? Martin's Collision Repair.
2: The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Martin's Collision Repair. Have your travels ever taken you behind the curtain? I so do love that phrase. Why are you here? I don't expect you to understand what I did, but I have changed.
3: Are you tired of pretending you're not smarter than your
0: husband? When I figure you and me are equally guilty. You being the one who pushed him to the desperate place he was in. I put him in front of my gun Welcome back, yo. Jim Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming
1: up tomorrow, Triple B, the big blue bash, 6
0: p.m. Triple B? Triple B. All right. Just up. trying to hip it up for the I kids. Like I like it.
1: 6 p.m. Mountain Time at Rio Tinto Stadium, home of Real Salt Lake, uh, hosted by you and one Spencer Linton. Very exciting. Yes. Can't wait. Kalani Satake is going to be there, Tanner Mangum, uh, Jamal Williams, and others. You guys are going to be hosting it. It's going to be a party, a, a bash, if you will.
0: Yeah, we, yeah. I'll probably bash Utah. It says bash. We've got to bash somebody. So come. Those, hang are, fun. those come are fun. Those are fun. If you have not yeah. gone to
1: those, those I've, are really a lot of I've fun. I've
0: been to it a couple of times. It is very fun. If you're local, come hang out. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The men's basketball schedule is out. We just talked with Associate Head Coach Tim Lacombe about what it took to play it. It or schedule it. It includes games against USC, Illinois, St. Louis, and Colorado, and of course uh, the WCC. Both games against Gonzaga will be in February, by the way. Groundhog Day, the second BYU hosts the Zags, and then travels to Spokane on February 25th to end the regular season. The Cougars travel to St. Mary's on January 5th. And the Gales come to Provo February 18th. The BYU baseball team also announced their
1: 2017 schedule yesterday. The Cougars' schedule includes playing in the Georgia Tech tournament, the San Jose tournament, as well as a three-game series versus UConn at Miller Field.
0: And the women's volleyball team is ranked 13th in the preseason ABCA poll. The Cougars have made it to four straight Sweet 16s and finished last season ranked number 11. And now with the latest from Copacabana, let's go back to Rio.
1: In the Olympics. Taylor Sander and Team USA will take on Brazil tonight at 9 35 p.m. Eastern Time in indoor volleyball. Team USA 0 2 right now in pool play. They need some wins
0: in their final three matches. It is day six of BYU football fall camp. Absences, uh, notably still Kyle Johnson and Brad Wilcox. There are some questions. About the offensive line, but the man has to figure all of that out is the offensive line coach Mike Empey. Spencer and I spoke with Coach Empey at the indoor practice facility earlier this week.
3: Mike, compared to all of the interviews that you've done since you've been back as a coach at BYU, how nervous are you
5: right now? On a scale of 1 to 10, probably about a 9.5. Really? <laughs> Jerem is an intimidating presence, isn't Yeah,
0: physically, well, right? Well, when you're
5: with <laughs> friends, you never know
3: what they're going to say. You, know? you never know what they're going to ask you. <laughs> That's a fair worry a fair concern for
5: sure. How's fall camp going, especially with the
0: offensive line, your guys?
5: Good so far, you know, for just having four practices under our belt. I think we're working on the things that we plan to, which is a good sign. Sometimes you get going and you have to slow down a little bit because guys aren't keeping up. So we're where we want it to be. We're tracking. So I feel like, you know, things are going in. The guys are learning. We've got good carryover from spring ball. And so, so far, so good, and people are staying pretty healthy, so good so far.
3: Ed Lamb talked about the one thing that he wanted to see from BYU football in general was, I want to see if we're better than we were on the final day of spring compared to the first day of fall. Do you feel like your guys showed up better for the first day of fall compared to the end of spring?
5: More physical than spring. Um, we didn't get a pick up exactly where we left off the last day of spring ball, but close. And physically, they were so much more ready to do what we were asking them to do that we got it in a lot quicker, and, and we were able to get going pretty fast. So I'm, I'm happy with where we have started, but we just, you know, are getting into pads now. Um, so the full contact stuff is coming, and uh, none, none of the stuff we do without pads on counts. So, so far, they're learning. They're asking good questions, but... when when we really pad up and go that's when we'll see where we really are
0: the last few years the emphasis was speed for the offense and that changed kind of the dynamic for the offensive line what do you guys hope to see out
5: of your guys with this new offense well the emphasis was speed of play we still emphasize speed Um, we're just not the same tempo and so we're you know we might be in a huddle we might do things differently in terms of how we use the game clock but speed is a big part of everything we 're asking them to do and and so um, I think the big adjustment for them early in the spring was changing the tempo to the tempo that we wanted um, but I don't know if I've ever had to tell my guys to work hard or play hard or hustle I mean it 's ingrained in them, so I think the speed part has been fun seeing how they've come out of their conditioning program for the last for this off season um, they are fast and they're working hard and you know, I don't have a frame of reference other than spring ball to go off of, but I'm happy with where they are It's just it's a process, and we're still at the beginning of it, so all the excitement and good energy has a lot of good feelings around, but we still know there's a lot of work to do.
0: I was hoping you'd say, yeah, they're way slower than last year. <laughs> I, I didn't get that answer.
5: if they were, I probably wouldn't tell you <laughs> <laughs> and that
3: is the truth we are looking for during this interview, okay, some obvious uh Key names missing on the roster right now, Kyle Johnson, uh, Brad Wilcox. You've been handed a challenge early in the season, but I know you're not one to back down from a challenge. So how have you responded early in camp without those two guys uh, playing with you right now?
5: Well, you just set the expectation with the guys that are here. You, know? you sit down and you say, hey, we're going to win with who's here. We've got to play with the team that we have. And no matter who's not with us, there's still a game on September 3rd. So Everyone has to step up and be ready to go, and on the offensive line, we're trying to establish a two-deep, get uh, a lot of guys developed and ready that they can contribute if we need them, sort of a next-man-up mentality. And so, you know, we sit down, and we look around and say, this is who we have, let's go, and let's all be ready to step up and get the job done. And so um, it is a challenge at times because the guys you mentioned that we don't have with us right now have a lot of experience. So the guys that are stepping in right now are, are – you know, some of them have started some games, but you get a guy like Kyle Johnson. He started, I don't know, somebody told me that day it was like 60 games. I mean, how do you replace that? You know, not having him is, is tough because we would really like to have someone with that kind of game experience in our lineup, but he's not here. And I hopefully he'll be healthy and can contribute with us later on. But right now, we still have a game to play, so we got to get everybody ready. And so I think we try to emphasize that That challenge creates opportunities, and we've got some great young players, and they have to step up now. And whatever they do this season is just going to help them because we'll have them back in the next coming years.
0: Kalani Satake said that some of the offensive linemen gained uh, upwards of 40 pounds. Were there guys that gained
5: 40 pounds? I don't know. If he says it, he probably looked at a number that he saw that, and it could be that maybe one or two of the guys that were just fresh home off of missions in, in December and January um, 're able to get those kind of gains over the off season i don 't know exactly what they 've done, but they are bigger um, and you wanted them to be bigger yeah and we, we told them, hey, go for it as long as you can move and do the things we 're asking you to do let 's get as big and strong and powerful as we can. Our system is conducive to that type of a offensive lineman, so just go for it and some of them had some great gains in the offseason and they they I think some of them had been trying to hold back and keep weight off because they were playing so hard and so fast and you know going all the time that they had tried to you know stay a little bit leaner so when we let them loose and let them go you know they probably got back to naturally where they would have been and 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 then were able to to really take advantage of the off season. but you got to understand I mean when you're a 20, 21, 22 year old guy and you have a professional strength coach working with you every day and you have uh, you know they get fed and they um, get rest and they only thing they have to do for the last eight months was train. Their 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 bodies are going to respond to that, and so they've really done a good job in the off season. And now we just got to get that on the the football field.
0: Speaking of
3: weight fluctuations, yesterday I believe it was Ben Cahoon that said Mike Empey's lost at least a hundred pounds, and he loves the camera now.
0: From when you played,
3: <laughs> not in the past like
5: year. Are those true <laughs> statements? No. Uh, <laughs> Leave it to the receivers, coach, right? Yeah. No, he likes giving me a hard time. I'm not as big as when I played, but, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, offensive linemen, we kind of get used to just being in the background, and and it's okay because usually when we're not just in the background, it's because we did something wrong, not because of any other reason, you know. Um, But, uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun here. That's made everything, you know, kind of enjoyable. And Ben's a great – we're close, and he's a great guy, and he's pretty fun to pick on.
0: (laughs) What will we notice – that's different from your group this year with a new coaching staff and you as the new O-line coach?
5: I just hope people see us establishing the line of scrimmage and being a a dominant force up there. I mean, there's going to be times where one-on-one matchups aren't favorable to us. There's going to be times where we play really good physical defenses and things like that, but the culture we're trying to create, the, the, the way that we're trying to have our group be is to be, you know, really physical, really nasty guys that that uh, enjoy you know getting out and establishing the run game and doing those kinds of things and so I hope that that's what shows up this year that's what we're trying to establish.
3: BYU has long been associated with drop back passing attack since the early 70s and the days of Lavelle but the sense I get from the coaches and the players is you're okay running the ball more than throwing it is is
5: that an accurate assessment? Yeah I mean if you look if you really look at what we did. I mean, Tile point this out. If you look at his years of playing, we might have had a game where someone was going to give us a lot of yards through the air. Maybe we threw a lot more times in that game, but there's a lot of games where we threw the ball 25 times or 28 times or maybe 19 times. And if we're, if we have established a good balance and we're moving the football and controlling the clock, that's the kind of, you know, people in, in a pro style offense or a West Coast offense, people talk about how you want to be balanced. That Balance doesn't always mean 50-50. A good balanced West Coast attack could be 60% run. And and then you pick your shots, right? You, have, you run the ball, get some nice play action, and then your drop back stuff is meant to complement that game. And so, um, I, I, you know, I think any coach probably anywhere in the country, unless they were in a, uh, a really high-powered passing attack would tell you that they're striving to find balance. And, and that all depends on how you can move the ball on first and second down. And so our, our emphasis is going to be to uh, you know, put ourselves in good situations so that we're just not going out and throwing the ball three times in a row and then punting. You know?
0: I imagine uh, as the O-line coach you could take a couple different angles with this. It doesn't matter who the running back is. We'll make sure that he gets his yards. Or, hey, we have a guy with a certain skill set. Let's, let's cater what we do to emphasize that guy. How, how do you uh, handle that, especially when a with a good running back core like this? what
5: the, the second thing you said, we have some good running backs. Let's emphasize those guys and let's give them a chance to get into space and do what they do. And uh, you know, if the threat of those guys getting into space creates opportunities in the pass game, great. We'll take them. Um, but you know, I've been here. I coached when we had Luke Staley, and you know, I've coached when we've had you know other good running backs, solid running backs Harvey was here after Luke and you know when you have that really durable strong running back that can really uh, make it can cover up a lot of mistakes for everybody when you have that kind of a running back you want to give him as many opportunities as you can to 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 do what he does because he's a special player and if you look at our guys you know um, Jamal Riley Squally uh, Dye those guys that are back there right now Algie they're guys that can do things with the football in their hands. And so, you know, my job up front is to make sure that, that uh, we create um, opportunities for us to use those guys.
3: How much do you get to actually interact with the running backs, given that your guys are blocking for them in terms of personality and, and spending time with them?
5: I probably get it, you know, in the hallways and, and in between meetings and on the bus going somewhere or in the locker room, you know, uh, joking around I probably get a lot of interaction with them more from a casual um, I mean I'm probably more like a you know some crazy uncle or something (laughs) instead of their instead of their position coach so you know they probably you know uh, we probably get a joke around and talk and things Jamal you know Jamal would joke around and talk with anybody and those guys are all great guys they have great personalities and so we interact a little bit when we're on the field. They come over and do some drills with my guys to, you know, to work on timing and things. Um, so, you know, I don't see them as much as I see my own guys, but uh, we we have time together.
0: <laughs> Let's finish with this. I know you have the you had the old lineman at your house for dinner. How much food are we talking about when you have that situation? <laughs> yeah, a bunch of stuff.
5: <laughs> well, it's a lot. So, uh, fortunately, you know we have the opportunity to do some things like that and to build some unity. And it's kind of a unique thing. Fortunately, my wife is, uh, she's used to having an offensive line, you know, hanging around the house, you know, whether it was our high school offensive line or when I was coaching before or when I was playing offensive line. So she's kind of used to the portions and what (laughs) what it takes to, to get that done. You know, this time around, I'll be honest with you, this time around, we've done a little bit more catering for things like that than cooking for things like that, because it's, it's a lot of food. It's a wise choice. Yeah,
3: experience right there. That's right. That's a wise that's choice. Right. Yeah. I'll ask this before I let you go. When do you anticipate to have a starting offensive line
5: named and ready to go for game number one? Well, so that's a that's a question. People have had a lot of questions about that because of some of the people who are with us now or who haven't been with us. And you know, overall, it's. It, I wish it was an easy question for me to answer, but I want everybody to understand. This is what we're doing we need to have a two deep. When we got here, the two deep was basically, you know, about seven guys. And they were all playing really hard, but they played multiple positions and they swapped around. And if the right guard went down, then you put this guy in and you move the left tackle over here and you do this. And and there's like a Rubik's cube all the time. What I want to have are, there are five positions on the offensive line. I want to have 10 guys ready to play. And five guys might be the best, But the five behind them, I want to be proficient enough that if somebody rolls their ankle or their helmet comes off and they have to come out of the game or whatever happens, the next man up runs in there instead of us having to move everybody around and do all that. And that way we're developing that second team to one day be the first team. And so ideally that's what I'm trying to do. So we have some pretty good players that aren't really far apart in some situations as far as their skill. So we're trying to give them equal reps and give them an opportunity, especially early here in camp to compete, to be a starter. And we want to keep that fair. We want to keep it uh, a a system where a guy can feel like he went in and battled and was rewarded for battling. And even if he maybe didn't win the starting spot, he knows he's solid in the two deep. I would like to have that carry, you know, play out till maybe a week or two right before game time. And then we should be done with our grading and installing and teaching new things. And when we really start to game plan for Arizona, we know who our two deep is and who's going to be on the bus when we leave, you know, to go. And uh, um, that'll probably be the timing for that. But I think the important thing for people to understand is everybody's anxious to see if this guy or that guy are going to be in the lineup. And I am too, but I want it to be a lineup that I'm completely confident in, and that the players themselves know, hey, this is our five best guys. Let's get behind this and let's get it done.
3: So. Everybody loves their crazy uncle, <laughs> and we love the crazy uncle Mike, line Coach Mike MP. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you guys having <laughs> Thanks, me, Coach. Thank
0: you. Crazy Uncle Mike. Everyone's got a crazy uncle, right? We all do. Yeah. I'm trying to think who my crazy uncle is. I anyway. probably have multiple. Yeah. We some. probably all have multiple. Some have lots. Some have more than others. Hey, our Twitter question today. What's your first impression of the BYU basketball schedule at Speedy Sunshine? Um, when is football? Which is a good question. Countdown to the Wildcats. 23 days. Hey, MJ, baby. What I'm talking about? An MJ worth of days is left between BYU and Arizona. Coming up. What Cougars in the NFL play their opening exhibition games tonight? What? And we discuss the new receiver who is sticking out at fall camp. This guy's making catches. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: Whoa, whoa, dude, dude. I didn't know you were on the football team. I'm not. Yeah, right. The more would you get this?
0: I bought it.
3: <laughs> Yoli, Jake made the football team. No,
0: I didn't. Oh, you're a goalkeeper? Uh, no, I think he's QB. I'm not Wow You hit the many home run? I'm not on the team Guys We're going to get in the games for free now
3: Oh yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright (laughs) Jake Gear so legit They'll think you're on the team BYU Store
3: I'm attorney Chris Dexter At Dexter Law We love BYU Sports And consider it a privilege To sponsor Cougar Sports Broadcasts On BYU TV Our law firm has been assisting clients Since 1995 Some people believe that they only need a lawyer when they're in trouble. At Dexter Law, we provide services for life's challenges and opportunities, such as adopting a child or starting a business. Learn more at DexterLaw.com. Can you keep a secret? It's about BYU. How would you like to park 50 feet from class? Take GE classes with 20 people instead of 800. Knock off some core classes and do it right in Salt Lake City. The secret is the BYU Salt Lake Center. It's the real deal. BYU classes, BYU credit, just not in
1: Provo. Not that there's anything wrong with Provo. And with classes at night, keep that sweet job or take on an internship. The BYU Salt Lake Center, the best kept secret in Salt Lake? Well, not anymore.
3: See for yourself at slc.byu.edu.
0: Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jeremy Jordan, alongside Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Normally there is a rebroadcast at 6 Eastern time, but today is commencement on campus. Congratulations to those graduating. Uh, so no rebroadcast tonight. But normally there... I believe Nate Austin. He's congratulations yes, I to believe, Nate Austin. I believe Nate Austin awesome. is going to be one that's... His shoe is down
1: there on our set. There you go. Also, you can follow us on social media... All the time, Twitter, Facebook,
0: Instagram. It's BYU Sports Nation on Snapchat, BYUSN. Our Twitter question, what's your first impression of the BYU basketball schedule? At Kiki Dean, hard to get high RPI teams to the Marriott Center, but overall lots of good opportunities for this team to excel while having time to gel. Yeah, we we felt that same way. Colorado's a top 50 team coming in. But we looked at last year's RPI, Jason. Uh, Tim Lacombe joined us and said that they look at the last five years. So what are the trends of that program? Yeah,
1: that, that's what they're looking at. They're, they're, trying, they're looking at the trends, trying to figure out if you can get a good idea of where that team is RPI-wise when you schedule them. And, and it's just one of the many factors that you know Coach Lacombe was talking about. And don't forget, like he brought up, you mentioned Colorado coming in, good RPI team coming into the Marriott Center. Well, you also had the University of Utah coming in. That was two P five teams. Wait, what happened?
0: Um, Why aren't they coming in? That's, uh, I, I,
1: I think something to do with safety concerns, something along huh? those lines. Yeah, it makes no sense. Oh, I remember. That. So that was another. That was another home game. Yeah. Against that would have been the
0: best non A game. high
1: RPI P five team that's that's not on the schedule, and he says that left a hole. What was Utah last year in the RPI? There were
0: nine. Nine. Yeah, I mean by been, far they would have been far. the highest RPI. Yeah. So thanks for that. Appreciate that. At RSL Fan for Life. Meh, not important until March. We want football. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Okay, speaking of football, there's a receiver making waves in the BYU fall camp. Okay, there's, there are some catches to be made. Spencer and I have been clamoring about 2,000 yards graduated with Mitch Matthews, Taren Hauck, Devon Blackman, and some others. So there there are catches to be had, and I like the group BYU has coming back. Nick Kurtz needs to get healthy. Moroni, Laulu, Pututau. Well, uh, Colby Pearson, Mitchell Jurgens, and so on. The dude that is sticking out right now is Jonah Trineman. If you watch this show, we have talked about him for a while. A highly recruited J.C. kid out of snow from Utah Valley, finally at BYU. He made a couple of catches yesterday in practice that were really, really good. He, and Nick Kurtz, by the way, had this to say earlier this week about him.
3: Jonah made some plays today, and he is the fastest guy I've, I've seen. He's, him and Mike Davis are both so fast. Um, I, I haven't really seen speed like that before. You know, he's he's going to be a really good player.
1: The video, if you've not seen the video highlights from the other day's practice, with these catches from Trinnaman, they're fantastic. And you and I and fans look at it and get super excited. And, you know, to everybody else, it's not that big of a deal. But when you have other players that are taking notice and getting really excited about what no they see, that's when you start taking notice. You and me being impressed, eh. When another athlete's impressed... It's big time. Well, I, and I, I don't ho- want to shortchange that, you.
0: Yeah, if we're impressed, that m- means something. Maybe it doesn't feel. I mean, not I don't know. being athletes <laughs> is what I mean. <laughs> what? Huh? Coming up, the baseball schedules out, and what Cougars in the NFL play tonight. It's all in the Cougar Whip Around coming up next.
2: BYU Sports Nation is on the air, summer or winter, with the help of Deseret First Credit Union. The Sports Nation guys appreciate a place to keep their money and the Campus Branch Soda Bar keeps their voices going. BYU fans at Deseret First and beyond keep up to date on the Cougars in any season, cold weather or hot. Deseret First Credit Union celebrates all the seasons of BYU sports and sponsors BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
3: I came to Southern Virginia University to wrestle, but I stayed because of the education and the experiences that I had. For me, it goes down to... The professors who care. Because of the personalized education I received, I was able to start a business. As I did that, my professors understood the challenges and struggles that I had, but they provided me with the knowledge and information I needed to succeed. My name is Colter Sims and I'm a Knight.
2: This is a test, testing what you know about the Ford store in Spanish Fork, just off exit 260. Question 1. How many miles
3: south of Provo is the Ford store in Spanish Fork? A. 113 miles, B. 87 miles, or C. Just 4 miles? Yes, it's C.
2: Just 4 miles to their new and used vehicle selection. Was that too easy? Smith Ford is only two freeway exits south of Provo, just off exit 260. The Ford store, just north of Spanish Fork.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Around Football. It's day
1: six of fall camp. Lauren Frankham was live at practice and told us the biggest question mark is the defensive line. Now, with injuries to Travis Tuiloma and others, they're looking for guys to step up and make an impact. In fact, Saitautu, Harvey Longie, both guys have been taking some reps on the D-line. Lauren also said that Corbin Kafusi is playing well and, and looking very fluid, but head coach Kalani Sataki would like to see him get even
0: bigger. And he's gained 30 pounds. How much how much bigger do you want him? CBS Sports uh, has some projected bowl matchups for the season. BYU and Air Force in the Point seduble.
1: Men's basketball. The BYU men's basketball schedule is out. It includes games versus USC, Illinois, St. Louis, and Colorado. Now both West Coast Conference games against Gonzaga will be in February. BYU will host the Zags on February 2nd and then travel to Spokane on February 25th to end the regular season. The Cougars will also travel to St. Mary's on January 5th. Then the Gales will come back to Provo on February 18th.
0: Women's basketball. The ladies released their schedule as well. They play three Power 5 teams and overall 11 programs that played in the postseason last year. Listen to these non-conference home games. Oklahoma and Washington. Nice. Very nice. Baseball. Baseball team announced its 2017
1: schedule yesterday. The Cougars' schedule includes playing in the Georgia Tech tournament, the San
0: Jose tournament, and three games versus UConn at Miller Field. Volleyball. It was scheduled day yesterday, apparently. The women's volleyball teams ranked 13th in the nation in the preseason ABCA poll. The Cougars have made it to four straight Sweet 16s and finished last season ranked number 11.
1: Cougars in the Olympics.
0: Taylor Sander and Team USA will take on
1: Brazil tonight at 9.35 p.m. Eastern time in indoor volleyball. Team USA 0-2 in pool play. They've got three matches to go, definitely needing some wins.
0: Cougars in the NFL. The uh, fields haven't congealed together, so I think they're going to play <laughs> some football tonight in the NFL. DeAndre Wesley and the Ravens will play the Panthers tonight, 7.30 Eastern. Bronson Cafusi and Dennis Pitta out with injuries. Paula Sica and the Bears play the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos tonight on ABC, 8 Eastern time. And Jordan Leslie and the Atlanta Falcons play the Washington Redskins tonight, 7 Eastern time.
1: Cougars in the PGA. The John Deere Classic stars today. Daniel Hayes ah! will tee off at 1 o'clock Eastern. Mike Weir will tee oh! off at 1.20 Eastern. Oh!
0: And Zach Blair will tee off at 1.30 Eastern time. Swimming and diving. Thanks, Jason. Kevin Dresen finished 26th in the one-meter springboard at the National Diving Championship in Georgia. Today's Rise of Chats brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to Bob Bolsby Let's just keep that going. What's your first impression of BYU basketball schedule? Our elite tweet of the day. at Still Team Rally, I think it's a 9.5, but the Russian judge gave it a 7. No, he gave the final five. Uh, good scores this
1: time. Hey, thanks to our guests today, Tim Lacombe, Mike Impey, <laughs> and everybody on the crew. The, cons- the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the
0: hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm an athlete. My name's Jerem. Shout-out to Brian Billick, <laughs> BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow noon Eastern time.